On this episode of Long Riders Radio, we're going to be talking with professional kindergarten wrangler, Wendy Crockett. Coming up! Radio comes from DiscountRamps.com. DiscountRamps.com offers a huge selection of power sports products for your ATV, UTV, motorcycle, and more. Everything you need to load, haul, or transport your power sports toys. Long Riders Radio listeners can save 15% off their order by using coupon code LONG. That's L-O-N-G at DiscountRamps.com. Well, hey there, everyone. Justin here. Hope you're doing well. Um, before we get into the episode this month, I uh, wanted to throw a quick thank you out to all the people who signed up to be uh, supporters on Patreon. I really appreciate you. Uh, couldn't do this show without you, and uh, appreciate those of you who kind of answered the call uh, last month. Also want to thank all the people who uh, have been using that discount code for discount ramps. Uh, you've definitely have been helping things out, too. So uh, I really appreciate that. And uh, another quick note before we get into the episode. Uh, my buddy Tim Allen uh, up in the up in this area is uh, running a new rally slash kind of grand tour. He's calling it the Pacific Northwest Grand Tour. It's uh, twenty dollars. You can sign up at pnwgrandtour.com. Uh, he's like I said, it's twenty bucks. He's also asking for an additional twenty dollar donation to a local YMCA. So uh, if you're interested, give it a look. It uh, should prove to be fun. He's uh, he's really doing it right, I think. So this month's episode, we're gonna talk with. Wendy Crockett. Now, Wendy, as you no doubt know, was the last winner of the Iron Butt Rally, and uh, she had originally planned to take a take the family and go on a on a motorcycle ride through South America. Well, uh, things changed a little bit for multiple reasons, and we'll get into that in the episode. So, sit back, relax, hope you enjoy it, and uh, enjoy. This is an interview I'd been hoping to do since the last time we spoke to our guest, and I thought it would have been filled with exciting stories about an epic adventure through South America, but uh, perhaps you heard there was this little pandemic, apparently, that hit many parts of the world, and plans changed. Uh, but nevertheless, uh, this person always finds a way to ride somewhere interesting and do exciting things. Ladies and gentlemen, Wendy Crockett, welcome back to Long Riders Radio. Thanks for having me back. So, where the heck are you? Uh, I am in Aguas Calientes, Mexico. And for those of us who are American and don't know anywhere outside of the United States, where in relation to, say, Mexico City is that? Uh, we're about six hours north of Mexico City, kind of dead center uh, in the middle. Perfect jumping off point for central riding around in Mexico. Nice. So, <laughs> obviously, uh, this is probably not where you plan to be, Uh right now uh do you want to talk a little bit about what what's going on with the trip why things got postponed there was some stuff other than covid obviously that happened in your life and you want to talk about that yeah so you know we had um intended to jump off on this trip last october um down to south america and with you know a tremendous amount of of planning and everything is perfect obviously. And then that's when the universe laughs at you and um, real life happens. But we were, um, we had traveled from South Dakota and had stopped in to see my mom in San Diego area. And she has been on dialysis for a number of years, was on the kidney transplant list for a number of years. And about the time that we were getting into the area, we found that a um, 
donor match had been found um, actually from from within our iron butt community. So that was pretty incredible. Um, and it's it's a very intensive process, um, not just the, the transplant, but all of the follow-up care for several months. So we decided to postpone our trip for a couple of months and stay with my mom, help her through the transplant process. And then the three months afterwards of um, you know, really super frequent uh, doctor's appointments and things like that. So um, we were in San Diego until early March, about uh, March 10th. And then we're like, woohoo, off we go. And <laughs> what happened in March? <laughs> <laughs> so we made it over the border. And uh, that's uh, about as far south as we've gone. So. so your mom's doing okay now? She's doing great. Awesome. Yep. Night and, and day. So. And I think it's safe to say this, the person who donated that kidney is probably uh, watching this. And let me just say, this person is a saint. Uh, awesome. That, yeah. There's, there's not even words. Yeah. Um, it's just amazing. I, I, I saw, saw that come out and I was, oh, I couldn't believe it. It was one of those things that just fills your heart with joy Yeah. in a time where we yeah. needed, <laughs> needed some joy. Yep. When you think about, uh, this community, when, when, when people say we'd, uh, you know, do anything for each other. Yeah. <laughs> literally lobbing out a body part <laughs> and passing it on to someone else. I think that counts as uh the, you know, what, what an incredible testament to this uh, yeah. long distance family we've got. Absolutely. So I want to, I want to jump kind of back in time a little bit. And cause when I last talked to you, it was, I, I think I was probably one of the first interviews you did after the iron bite rally and yeah, dare say you did quite a few of them after that. And it, <laughs> I think it's safe to say you are probably the most well-known person outside of LD writing about the Iron Bite Rally. If you just ask some Joe on the street, do you want to talk a little bit about what that time after the Iron Butt Rally was like, where you just kind of got kind of thrust yeah. into the limelight a little bit? Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely been strange and i know i used the word surreal several times in our last time we talked and you know i think that still holds true i think a lot of us um really enjoy the endurance riding and the the long distance stuff for its solitude um so <laughs> to, to be I, and i you know part of me is really excited to introduce people to this thing that i love and um, I'm really excited for the opportunities. You know, I do this for a living. I, I play with motorcycles for a living. Yeah. Um, so it's, it is really great and I appreciate um, everything that has come along with it. But it's also definitely, you know, I didn't, I didn't get on my bike on that day, <laughs> you know, in uh, 2019 thinking this was going to be a massive trajectory changing ride. It's just, I was doing the same thing that all of us do, which is get out there and, um, you know, set and twist. Cause we have a passion for doing yeah. that. So. <laughs> do, you have, do you have any sense of like number of interviews you've done about, about that ride? I don't. <laughs> a lot. I, I could, <laughs> numerous. No, I, I couldn't give you a good guess. Yeah. But well, I think you're the, you're the, uh, the only, if, by my calculations, you're the only person who's eligible to be a back-to-back -back winner. Uh, this year in the Iron Butt Rally, so at least this year. <laughs> yeah. 
So I can only imagine uh, the excitement that would it would follow if you were able to to follow up with another win. So that would be. <laughs> I, it, granted, you'll be beating me, so I mean it won't be me. So uh, yeah, I just hope to keep up with you, maybe. So uh, all right, so life was kind of a whirlwind in a lot of different ways, and you were planning this trip with the whole fam, taking two bikes, one with a sidecar, one. Uh, just without a sidecar. It was like the perfect timing of the trip. You get down south of the border and then COVID. So what have you been doing? I mean, you've been in Mexico since then, basically, haven't you? Right. Yeah. So we're, we're coming up on a year uh, that we've been down here and um, it's, it's been um, trying to balance wanting to get out and see things and experience things safely um, and also not wanting to contribute to bigger problems, yeah. you know, in the, the scope of COVID and, and everything else. So um, we've gotten out for, you know, some nice little camping trips and going up to the mountains um, I, I was lucky enough. Um, there's a motorcycle company here in Mexico called Zontes and they've hooked me up with bikes a couple of times, mm. which has been really cool. I've gotten to do some, um, saddle swords and, and things like that on, uh, small displacement bikes, which has been a lot of fun. Yeah. So, um, it's been nice getting, um, getting out on two wheels and, and seeing Mexico, What's what's riding like in Mexico? I mean, how is it how is it different than up here? It's it's been great. I mean, I I don't have any, you know. I think a lot of people have this vision of of what it's like in Mexico, and it's um, uh, all very scary and different, and uh, you know, and it's it's been fantastic. I have uh, no problems. Lots of um, you know when we plan the trip obviously there's some areas that are safer than others and um i've planned my rides you stick on the toll roads and there's plenty of 24-hour fuel and um there uh the roads are patrolled by um you know roadside assistance vehicles on the toll roads and Hmm. um yeah every everybody's been very nice and occasionally you have the man-eating potholes which is no different than like louisiana (laughs) but um yeah it's i've really really enjoyed it a lot of gorgeous country so very different so i think at least recently people have been uh, watching long way up where they decided to build a bus and drive through mexico sounds like it's a little 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 more uh a little more safe than that, than needing to uh, do something like that. Yeah, and I, I, I think it's I, again. Um, there have been uh, rides that I've planned, and I've I've kind of planned out a route, and then I take a look at this map and say, okay, some of these areas are less safe than others. I'm yeah. going to push my route this way or that. But um, is it is it impossible to ride across, uh, you know, Mexico? without taking your life in your hands? Absolutely not. The vast majority of the country is, you know, safe and well-maintained roads yeah. and people are nice and yeah, no issues. Uh, this is one of those things I've always thought that it's, you could turn around and say the same thing about the United States. There's places I would not ride my motorcycle through in the United States. Exactly. And, and it, you know, when we were planning the trip to 
um, South America. That was my husband's big stipulation was he did not want to ride through Central America. And um, my mom was very concerned. Well, you know, Central America is dangerous. South America is dangerous. And I, I said, well, that's like saying don't go to Newfoundland because there's shootings in the continent. So, um, you know, it's sure there's, uh, you know, I wouldn't wander around Chicago at night flaunting money, but I love <laughs> Chicago. So, uh, you know, a lot of it is just a matter of being wise and being aware and yeah. um, making smart choices about your travels. But, yeah. Okay. You know, so you, you mentioned a couple couple things before about you did a couple rally you did a Salasaur, a couple rallies. You're wearing a shirt that's the not right riders, I believe. Yep. Uh, yeah. Talk about what'd you do with them? Uh, so Zante's um, hooked me up with a 150 cc bike, and um, the the rallies here are less um, scavenger hunt oriented and more checkpoint oriented. So I took part in a Not Right Riders rally, and it was, you know, a series of, of checkpoints throughout Mexico for uh, saddle sore. And man, that was a lot of fun. There's, there's something liberating about getting on a bike that will only go like 52 miles an hour on a downhill <laughs> if I'm paddling. And, you know, like it just removes all sense of hurry. And it's like, well, this is as fast as I'm going yeah. now. So, you know, it, it was it was a lot of fun. It was a very different kind of challenge. What's the what's the speed limits like on the toll roads? Is it 60 ish or 100 kilometers? Um, yeah, about 110 kilometers an okay. hour. So, so yeah. comparable. Yeah. So you're not going the speed limit, basically, on that bike. <laughs> no, like best case scenario, and it was it was really good. I mean, it was it's fantastic for fuel economy. Yeah, <laughs> for, for sure. But um, it was like hovering like right below the speed limit. Yeah, was uh, was about maxed out, and I held that thing absolutely <laughs> wide open pin for like 21 hours straight, wow. and it was a champ. Like, and I'm six feet tall. It was yeah. amazingly comfortable for. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll maybe post some pictures of of you on this bike because it it just like I mean it's I'm used to seeing you on the FJR and it's just <laughs> like that's a small bike. <laughs> yeah, where's the rest of it? Yeah, but, <laughs> but it's a, a naked bike. I mean, it's just a I mean, it's a run around town bike basically. Yeah, how I describe it. And so is is Zantes, Is that a? I mean, is it Mexican built? Mexican made? I mean manufactured everything or um it's a, a chinese company okay. but they're um italian engineered okay so they're yeah they're amazingly cool bikes and then um i took a 350 for a um the solstice ride i did a um a saddle sore for the solstice and um yeah the the 350 is great too and they're actually they're looking to um get into the u.s market so i've never um, heard of them so yeah they're they're actually all you know being from california having a shop in california my first question is but will you pass emissions in california and they said actually that's how they designed them um was with california emissions in mind um with the intention of moving into the u.s so you know fingers crossed they're really cool little bikes and i'd love to see um we're just kind of starting to see that that tip back um, in the U.S. from everybody going bigger, bigger, bigger to more people saying, you know what, it's a lot of fun to have a yeah. little bike that I can just toss around. 
is it are they do they have plans to make a, a sl- i mean something like 700 800 cc or is it are they sticking with the smaller stuff they're small displacement for now i don't know that they have any um plans to get substantially bigger but yeah hmm. we'll see interesting okay so with the the not right rally or the not right riders is that what it is mm-hmm. Yeah. Not, not right writers. Is that part of IBA Mexico? Is that a different thing? Because you've been work, hanging around with the IBA, IBA Mexico folks too. Yep. So, yeah, it's a an iron butt uh, situation. Okay. So <laughs> talk about the IBA Mexico a little bit. What's what kind of stuff? Are, I mean, are they doing similar stuff to the IBA up here, or what's what's the what's they the deal? Are there, um, I think like everybody else right now, trying to balance. Um, being safe and responsible yeah. and also trying to help everybody not lose their minds <laughs> being stuck at home forever. So um, they do a lot of um, rallies, but again, not quite scavenger style. So they're just starting to try to introduce um, the scavenger element here. It's a little bit more complicated with as far flung out as everything is. Yeah. and. Um, there's a few more kind of wild cards when you're trying to organize that style of rally, but they do a lot of um, checkpoint style rallies and um, the different, you know, displacements and vintage stuff. And um, so it's, they, they've been working hard to try to keep events going on often enough, but still while having, you know, they'll have a check-in process that lasts four days to try to keep everybody yeah. separated um, well, enough. That, and that rally you did, I was reading there was like 300 people in it. Yeah. Like, good grief. That's a, that's a logistical challenge right there. It really was. So trying, trying to um, stagger everybody out for their check-in and their tech inspection and um, all the rest of it. And then their their tech checks are a lot more um, intensive hmm. than they are in the U.S. Um, just a lot of times the basic maintenance that happens here is not quite to the same level as we would typically hope in the U.S. So it's a, a really, really intensive process that they have to get through, um, which makes it a lot more time consuming. So, yeah, it's uh, logistically um it's been a rough year, definitely, but they've done an amazing job of, of yeah. still putting on a couple of, of really big, cool events and keeping everybody appropriately distanced. So, what are most people riding down there? Um, just in general? Yeah, I mean, just that you show up up here to a to an LD event and it's BMWs and a couple oh. Harleys here and there, Yamaha. I mean, what what kind of bikes are they riding? Um, I thought you asked where they were riding. Oh, sorry. No, what kind? Mexico. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, there's actually, um, there is obviously a ton of small displacement stuff. The, the big market share down here is a company called Italica, okay. uh, which is something that's actually made here in Mexico. But the vast majority of people, uh, the motorcycle is a tool. It's not a toy. So we do see a ton of BMWs and things hmm. down here because I guess Mexico has a more advantageous um, trade agreement with Germany than with Japan as opposed to the U.S. Interesting. So, yeah, relatively few Japanese bikes, but a whole lot of, of BMWs. So. Huh. 
So if, yeah. to buy your next BMW, go to Mexico and ride it up. Exactly. <laughs> so what are what's your plans? I mean, are you are you coming home or home anytime soon or are you yeah. are you planning on staying down there? What's I mean, what's going on? That's it's kind of a question mark right now. You know, we've got um in preparing for the trip, we, we had a timeline in mind. So we put our entire life in storage and sold our house and we have nothing to go back to. We write yeah. a check to the storage guy every six, eight months. <laughs> um, but it's like crazy cheap to yeah. live down here. My job right now is full-time kindergarten distance learning rodeo clown. So <laughs> I can... I can do that anywhere. Um, so it's it's sunny here. Yeah. It is pleasantly warm as opposed to South Dakota where all of not. our things are in storage. <laughs> not warm. No. Um, and it's where we are in Aguas Calientes is um, faring really well um, with COVID as opposed to South Dakota. Cal- <laughs> as opposed to South Dakota, as opposed to California, yeah. you know. So... Um, this is a pretty decent option right yeah. now, but it really is just holding pattern. It's so the trip waiting. is still on technically just on hold. Yeah. I mean, we're kind of waiting to see when the world writes itself and, um, you know, what we can squeeze back out of this trip when that happens. But I tell you what, I'm, as disappointing as it is to have not seen the trip through as envisioned, I think I'm in a lot better situation than the vast majority of people. Cause you look at um, overlanders that were in Peru, for example, and the Peruvian government was like, we're shutting down like yeah. right now. I don't care how much food you have. I don't care where you have to stay, which was, you know, it's, it was a, a, a aggressively wise decision in retrospect, but it put a lot of overlanders in a really, really difficult situation where they can't get home and couldn't even necessarily get to some place where they'd be able to sustain themselves. Well, and so, if they are, they're flying back. They're not, they're, they're leaving all their their bike there and everything else. So right, a yeah. lot of people had had a really difficult situation trying to dispose of vehicles that they were not legally allowed to dispose of because yeah. that's not how the import works. Um, so it, we were extremely lucky in that regard. We didn't get stuck. We didn't end up having to you know offload our our bikes or anything like that. Um, but also not having my brick and mortar motorcycle shop. I mean, yeah. it was a miserable time trying to keep a retail establishment yeah. open right now. So it's, you know, all things considered, um, we're faring better than, um, I think a lot of people are right now. So. Yeah. What, uh, one question I wanted to ask you, who's been on the cover of more magazines, you or your daughter? <laughs> I just, that's a good question. I might be about a tie right now. <laughs> so you want to explain where, where that question comes from? <laughs> she ended up on the cover of a French sidecar magazine. And um, I had snapped a picture of her. We went to um, a town called uh, Real de Catorze, which is, if you've seen Once Upon a Time in Mexico, it's the the little town where that was filmed. Um, and I just 
I caught this beautiful moment where it was a, a kind of a dark cloudy sky, but the sun was breaking in from behind and this big church tower was lit up perfectly. You know, and I have a five-year-old, so, you know, I'm sitting there for many long minutes. Don't, don't make a nice face, like a nice smile. Do you have a nice smile? Can you not? <laughs> and after all of this, I snapped this one picture that just turned out gorgeous. And, um, you know, it's so funny because it just looks like this beautiful moment. And yeah. here, here's me trying to go to a pleasant face out of her. But, I didn't um, realize you took the picture, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So, but um, uh, somebody had seen it on one of the um, motorcycle sidecar groups on Facebook that uh, had a connection to this French magazine and they ended up doing a big article about her and she was on the cover of the magazine, so. Is she still digging, riding in the sidecar and? She is, and I think um, I think the more the more time goes on and the more she realizes how unique that is, how, um, how many people are interested in that and how few people ever see that or have that opportunity, uh, I think, you know, she, she really, really is embracing it. She, she's always enjoyed it. She's ridden in it since she was four months old. Yeah. But um, I think it's different when you're really small and this is just transportation that has always been there versus um, when your world starts to get a little bit bigger and you realize that this is something special. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's it the whole just being a kid nowadays, it's just got to be such the weird thing. And I can't imagine going to kindergarten via Zoom. And I I definitely, my daughter's a little bit older than your daughter, so it's a little easier for us. But uh, on behalf of anyone who's a parent out there who has had to wrangle a child onto Zoom and uh, keep them on task, uh, <laughs> you, uh, you deserve quite the praise because it's not an easy thing. It has been an amazing couple of months where, you, you know, you spend 20 minutes every day listening to the poor teacher saying, Who's, whose dog is barking? Is somebody's <laughs> sister screaming? <laughs> Somebody, okay, we've seen all of your toys. Now put them down. Now, now we're going to spend four minutes doing math. <laughs> is, she, is, she, is, is, is her uh, online school, is it in South Dakota? In... It is. Oh, yeah. wow. So, <laughs> that's going to be a very interesting, like, that's not a backdrop. That's just where I'm at. <laughs> it's, it is really funny, too, because they'll have assignments that are like, and now, uh, you know, we'd like you guys to go out and build a snowman and take a picture. And she's like, um, but it's, it's again, you know, we're trying to make decisions and nobody can foresee the future yeah. in this very weird scenario. So initially you know right now the border is still closed um to non-essential travel so um it was like well at some point our intention was to then get back to south dakota yeah. and get her in the school and figure out what happens next but that point's just not materializing yeah. yet this year well so okay so, so what what happens and you can not answer this question if you don't want to. What happens if, like, okay, everyone gets vaccinated, we're going, borders are open, and it's March, April, and you've got a date in Provo, Utah in the end of June. So is, is your plan just to basically leave stuff there, fly back, 
get on the rally bike and go? What's 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 your plan? So I can't I can't really do that because of the way the vehicle imports work. Eh. Um, if I my my vehicle import is attached to my visa, so if I leave the country, the bike has to come with me. Oh, Otherwise, I've essentially abandoned it, um, and then it it just gets confiscated, <laughs> in theory. Um, so it does complicate things, and that's why we haven't been attempting to move back and forth across the border. Um, I know some people have had luck getting in, um, but right now, you know, we're we're happy and content, safe. Uh, you know, and it's yeah. super duper cheap to be here. So I don't want to leave on my bike and then I can't come back. Right. So, um, yeah, it's not, not quite as easy as just jumping on a plane and then flying back. So hmm. I, I don't know. There's a lot of, um, a lot of things up in the air right now, just waiting to see how things look in a couple of months with so, all of us. I think you just a little yeah. bit more, more so than the rest of us. <laughs> yep. Because if, you know, if, if they just keep booting the border closure out a month at a time yeah. right now, it's, it's closed until the um, end of February. So the question is what happens if, if they keep the, you know, the border still closed and I come up there um, you know, to start doing some rallies and then I can't come back. Yeah. Then I have to decide what next. Then we I, have to the, figure out. the concern for you is not getting into the United States. It's getting back to Mexico. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I think this, the customs just needs to realize that there's a little different definition of essential travel for long distance motorcycles. <laughs> right. Just come to that realization. <laughs> we'll be fine. <laughs> Well, uh, gosh, the time has flown. Is there? Did I miss anything that you've been doing that's interesting in the past since the last time we've talked that, that you want to talk about? I I don't think so. Just the handful of uh, rallies I've ridden down here, and um, a handful of, of standalone rides that have been really cool, and waiting for the world to open. Yeah. Yeah, that's the the interesting thing about about doing this show during COVID is there's not a lot of people riding, <laughs> so yeah. it's it's uh, it's kind of slim pickings when it comes to to finding people that are doing interesting things to interview. So I'm I am so happy that you uh, agreed to come on the show again, and uh, can't wait to uh, talk to you about when this adventure finally happens, and uh, and and hear all the great stories that I'm sure are going to be coming out of it. Yep. Yeah. You and me both. Let's do this. <laughs> All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is Iron Butt Rally winner, Wendy Crockett. Thank you for coming on Long Riders Radio. Thanks again. Well, if you'd like to get in contact with me, there's lots of ways you can do it. Easiest way is to head over to that website, www.longridersradio.com. And another thank you to the folks over at DiscountRamps.com for their support on this episode. DiscountRamps.com offers a huge selection of power sports products for your ATV, UTV, motorcycle, and more. Long Riders Radio listeners can save 15% on their order by using coupon code LONG. That's L-O-N-G over at DiscountRamps.com. And as always, we need to thank this show's founder, Mr. Michael Cox. You know, I was talking to Mike the other day, and apparently... Mike's going back to school. I said, hey, where are you going and what are you studying? And he said, distance learning rodeo clown. Right safe, everyone. <laughs>